Hi, this is Carolyn Nee Lachlan, your hostess with the mostest of From Paper to People podcast, and you're listening to Pop Goes Your World. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review. And now it's time for our feature presentation. I'm Chris McBrien, and the pop culture from Generation X is everything to me. And I'm Derek Myers, and I'm here to educate Chris on the great pop culture of today's generation. Episode 236, 1987 Pop Culture Fantasy Draft. McBrien, along with Derek Myers, and this is Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Now, this week, Derek and I will be drafting our final team from the 1980s um, with our 1987 pop culture fantasy draft. So by the end of this episode, Derek and I will each have put together a team of three movies, three TV shows, three songs, and one personal pick, all from the year 1987. And then, of course, as always... We'll send our lists to our esteemed panel of judges, and one of us will be declared the winner, and this one will actually determine the final standings from our drafts of the 1980s. But before we get to all that, Derek, what pop culture can you educate me on this week? All right, Chris. Well, I saw one brand new movie mm-hmm. and four older movies. Well, oh, older I for like me. where this not, is going. Oh, not nice. so much older for you. They're all from like the 90s and 2000s, but oh, well, that's uh, with one exception. So... Um, I'll start. I'll, I'll start with the older one first. So sure. I think I actually watched this one earlier this year because I think we talked about it on a previous podcast. But sure enough, you know, you love it, you love it. The movie Clue, based on the board game Clue, oh, was yes. on. That's the so one. Isn't, it, isn't it like Michael Caine and or Christopher no. Reeve and no, no. Tim Curry? Tim Curry's in it, but none yeah. of those other people. It's oh. got uh, Christopher Lloyd and oh. um, I've never seen the, it uh, the guy from Laverne and Shirley, uh, Lenny and Squiggy, the the one who's in Better Call Saul. Uh, Michael McKeon. Michael McKeon. Thank you. I couldn't Lenny? think of his real name. Yeah, he's in there. Um, yeah, no, it's got a pretty reasonable cast. Uh, it, it's a fun little movie. And I think, uh, again, I think we talked about this before, so I don't want to dwell on it. But when the movie came out, they filmed three different endings because it's based on a board game. And with the board game clue, every time you play, it's different. Who Something killed who in happens. which room with which instrument? Sure. And so they filmed three different endings. And when it first came out in the theater way back in the 80s, you didn't know what ending you were going to get. And the idea was to encourage people to go see the movie in different theaters because you could see a different ending. But now when they show it on cable or you buy the DVD, um, they show all three endings. It's like they show the one and they go, well, that's how it may have happened, but it also could have happened like this. And then they show the next ending. And then, so there's the three full endings. So it was fun to revisit it. Uh, again, I, I think I watched it in the last year. Cause I'm pretty sure we talked about it on a previous show. So that was a fun one. I watched the other day. Then, um, I watched, uh, you know, I am the highly suggestible type and I happened to turn it on to, I think it was Netflix or it must've been Netflix. And you know, if they say, Hey, we, we keep track of what you watch. We think you might like this movie that has recently come to Netflix. And, uh, it was a movie law abiding citizen, uh, with, uh, Gerard Butler. Have you seen this? I know you haven't, but I'll I have ask no you. idea what this is. Yeah, no, it's, it's about 10 years Who's old. Gerard today. Butler. Oh, wait a minute. He's a French actor, right? No, he's not. He's Scottish. Um, 
He was the main guy in the movie 300, which I know. Oh, okay. I was thinking Gerard Depardieu. You're thinking Gerard Depardieu. Those two guys, their their bodies are nowhere near similar, let me tell you. Even in their primes. Uh, He's he's my second favorite French guy beside Deja Vu that we talked about last week. Have we not met somewhere before, Monsieur? So anyway, I saw Law Abiding Citizen. Uh, I'd seen it before, but it had been a while. And it's uh, it's, uh, Gerard Butler and um, Jamie Foxx. And a few other names and faces, you know, Cole Meany from Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, of course I know him. Ryan. Yeah. Um, and this one is in it. It's like a sort of a thriller kind of movie. The idea is uh, Gerard Butler's family uh, is murdered early in the movie. Like there's a home invasion. And then they basically the Jamie Foxx plays the lawyer who cuts a deal with these these home invaders because they're like ties to the mafia. And they he lets them go. And then uh, Gerard Butler's character is like freaking out because he's like, my wife and daughter were killed and you're letting them go. And then it flash, fast forwards 10 years later and basically you find out that Gerard Butler's character is like a super genius and he's done all these government contracts and he has all this money and he's like this super smart tactician guy for the military. And he's basically spent the last 10 years thinking about how to screw over everybody that had anything to do with the, the court case that let those two goons out of prison along with getting revenge on those two guys. And he just totally manipulates the entire system to uh, to get his revenge and it's uh, it's pretty it's 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 a fun movie it's it's very uh, action oriented kind of thing and at the same time we the audience don't necessarily know what the the villain that is planning so you're sort of following along with the lawyer going oh I wonder what's happening next and then as things happen they reveal oh this is how it happened so it, it has that sort of element to it but anyway Netflix knows me thought I would like it and I did so there I was you happy. go Netflix before, is right but it had been a while yeah nice. um. Then on Turner Classic Movies, because from time to time, I always flick through Turner Classic Movies just to see what's in there. Me too. There's there's a movie that came out, I think it was in 2001. That doesn't sound like a classic movie. That sounds like a newer movie. This was the TCM premiere of a a movie uh, directed by Frank Darabont, who is the director of The Shawshank Redemption, Mm -hmm. and starring Jim Carrey, and it's called The Majestic. And I remember seeing this on video, not in the theater, but on video, as soon as it came out on video, and it got sort of mediocre reviews. And it takes place during like the um, the McCarthy trials where they're like um, they're blacklisting Hollywood people and trying to go like, are you a communist? Can you name communists that are part of the Hollywood machine? And uh, Jim Carrey plays a, a writer who's accused of being a communist and then he gets drunk and tries to run away and he gets in a car accident. And he loses his memory and he ends up uh, stumbling into this little town and they think he is. Um, he is someone who used to live in the town. Like basically 10 years earlier was World War II and the town had lost like 50 young men in the war. And so as he wanders back into town, someone, they start to see him and they're like, oh my God, are you so-and-so? And and he's like, I don't know, I don't remember. And so they just assume he's like this, this person who's returned to the town after all these years. And it's just this nice little story about uh, sort of, you know, it's a slice of slice of life from like the mid to mid fifties, early sixties. And uh, and then, of course, by the end, he gets his memory back and he has to stand trial for being a communist and stuff. But it's uh, it was actually really good. Uh, It was a lot better than I remember it, but it is very long. It's almost like three hours, which I think Frank Darabont just doesn't know how to make a short movie because he does Shawshank Redemption and he does the Green Mile. The Green Mile, super long. It's like, holy cow. But Frank Darabont then goes on to produce The Walking Dead. And so Mm -hmm. like half the people in this majestic movie are in the first two seasons of The Walking Dead. So there's a lot of familiar faces. So, again, it's not a movie for everybody. And if you're not a big Jim Carrey fan, you may not like it. It's like it's a dramatic role for Jim Carrey, but he can be a lot to take. Um, So not for everybody, but I enjoyed revisiting it. It had been 20 years. Then um, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. So we do movie reviews on this show. And I like to think. 
Yes. From time to time, we're going to review movies that people maybe haven't seen before or haven't mm -hmm. seen in a long time. And my hope is that if you enjoy our show, maybe you'll be motivated to go and watch these movies before listening to the episode where we're going to review a certain movie. Simply because you get more out of, I believe, you get more out of the podcast, like our podcast or any podcast, if you are familiar with whatever the topic is they're discussing. So if they're going to do a movie review and you've seen the movie, especially if you've seen it recently, I think you're going to enjoy the podcast more. And so that's my hope uh, when people listen to our show that that's what happened. Well, that actually happened to me with one of my other favorite podcasts. They were doing a review of the 19, uh, I want to say it was the 1997 movie called The Edge with Anthony Hopkins and... Um, and um, uh, Alec Baldwin, mm -hmm. um, I assume you've never seen it. No, no, I've heard of and, it. Yeah, and I, I remember when it came out on video. I remember it was a popular video rental at Blockbuster, but I, I just I never saw it. Or if I did, I totally forget seeing it. And they did this review of it, and I thought, well, I like this podcast a lot. Do you want to mention the podcast? It's uh, the Rewatchables, which I think oh, yes. I mentioned about yeah. five hundred times before. Yeah, you like that one. And uh, yeah, I was like, okay, you know what? If they're going to do a full 90 minute episode, I'm going to go and back and watch this movie. So I watched the movie the other day and it was actually pretty decent. And the fact that I just finished rewatching 30 or well, not rewatching, but watching the entirety of 30 Rock, which has Alec Baldwin in every episode. I've become a bigger Alec Baldwin fan now than I probably was in the 90s. So it was fun to go back and rewatch that one with him in his like, you know, sort of in his prime. We're still skinny and good looking and all the rest of that. Um, it was OK. I mean, it wasn't a great movie, but it was a fun revisit. And then we watched a brand new movie. So this came out earlier this year. It's the latest offering from Michael Bay. And you know, when you're going to see a Michael Bay movie, there's going to be explosions and yes. loud cars and helicopters and all that stuff. Gunfire. And sure enough, this one is called Ambulance. And it's, and it's uh, new. It, it's a new it one. It came out, I think, in May or June. And so we got to finally had it available as for home viewing. And it's got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And oh, my God, I'm blanking on everybody else's name. And it's basically a crew of bank robbers that go in to rob a bank. And then as they're trying to leave the bank, uh, law enforcement is already on site because they knew the bank was likely going to get robbed. And they end up hijacking an ambulance to escape the police blockade. And then it's two and a half hours of an ambulance chase through Los Angeles with shoot 'em ups and helicopters and motorcycles and sports cars and just so much shooting and guns and a lot of the movie is shot with like drones and handheld cameras. So it's very much gives you the sense like you're in the action. But oh, my God, it watches like a video game because it's just short scenes that are like three seconds long and then a cut and then three seconds long and then a cut. It's just this really choppy cut, cut, cut kind of thing. But it sounds it was, like a mashup of Inside Man, that movie you made me watch, mm -hmm. and the Cannonball Run because they had nebulas. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as good as either of those two, but it was it was your typical Michael Bay fun yeah. in the sense of you turn your brain off and you're you're entertained for two hours. Like I had a great time watching this movie. It, there was a whole bunch of phony baloney happening, but uh, the, he definitely um, he was referencing a lot of his own work. Like even in the movie, characters talk about um, The Rock which he was a movie he directed, which we reviewed earlier yes. on this podcast. He talks about the uh, Will Smith movie, Bad Boys, which he directed. Mm -hmm. They talked about, um, geez, they, they like the, the characters in the movies like are talking about Michael Bay movies within it, which is sort of like very wink, wink to the camera kind of thing. So, but no, it was fun. It was, it's called Ambulance. And uh, I think it's available. Well, we watched it on uh, from the Cineplex, but I think you can get it on some of the, I think it's on Peacock in the US. But uh, yeah, if you're a fan of Michael Bay, if you like just a, 
turn your brain off, shoot them up explosions kind of movie, you won't be disappointed. Ambulance from uh, 2022. Unlike you, I only have one thing. I only, I only ever do. So, Derek, my wife and my son have developed this nightly ritual thing that they do. So every night they get together in the living room and they watch this show called The Masked Singer. Have you I've seen, seen it? the ad? I've seen or the ads. It? it looks awful. Oh, okay. I, I don't I can't find any reason why anyone would ever want to watch this. But I am convinced that this show is the decline of Western civilization. Right. Yeah, that here. sounds about right. The mass Singer. It is so bad. My God, I tell you, you know, whenever I, I, I have something that I think is bad and I say that it. Well, suck this show. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Like they, so what they do is they basically trot out this list of Z list celebrities, you know, quote unquote, yeah, and they put say. them in costumes. So you don't know who they are. And then they sing. And then the panel tries to guess who the mass singer is. And then they get eliminated. And then finally, one of them is like the winner. <laughs> you know, the loser now, is the audience, by the way. <laughs> now, somebody I know watches this show. And I, I so I asked him about it because the show has been on for a couple of years now. And I said, like, do the singers at least high, like change their voices? Do they have like like auto tune or is it like the whole Batman? Uh, Batman? Like, no. do they sing in weird voices? And they're like, no, no it's the real singing voice. I'm like, then how the hell is it a surprise? Like, come on. How do you not just recognize, oh, that is so-and-so who was a big artist in the mid-1980s or 90s? It's like, easy. On. It's easy. Yeah. Because, because these celebrities are so bad. So here's what they should do. So I'm watching this and I'm like, I came up with an idea. Instead of calling it the mass singer, they should just call it like the Z-list singer and just bring the person out with no costume and no mask. And then you can see who they are. Right. You can see their face and then you let them sing. And then the panel has to try and guess who they are. Like the judges be like, oh, I don't. You're the guy that played the janitor at the breakfast club. They're like, no, no, no. That's that's Mike Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Scalper from Fast Times. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And everyone's, and then, then, then they're like, oh, I'm sorry. You're all wrong. It's Joe, the policeman from the What's Going Down episode. And that's my mama. Like, it's just. This show sucks. I tell you, it's the worst. And I can't even believe that my kid likes this show. That's the worst thing of all. But guess what? My kid doesn't even like my dad jokes. Here's your dad joke of the week. Derek, speaking of singers, what did Jay-Z call his wife right before they got married? Hmm. I don't know. The future Mrs. Z. No idea. Fiance. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that was awful. I'm your head counselor. I did not enjoy this anymore the second time. <laughs> What's going on? What's wrong? Never seen it. Oh, Never wow. interested in seeing it. No desire to see it. Was not interested at all. What? Okay, well, paid $200 for these shoes, but I mean, on the best. It's certainly by today's standards. There's a very fat pair of pants hanging from the flagpole this morning. It is not something I think I ever need to see again. Oh! Matt Damon. Matt Damon. All right, so Derek, this is it. This is our last pop culture fantasy draft from the 1980s. And we're wrapping things up with 1987. Before we dive in, before we do our coin flip and figure everything out and we start our draft... Any general comments about 1987? 
pop culture wise or just in general like yeah yeah so i mean every time we do one of these just like i would if i was doing a hockey pool or a baseball pool or football pool you do a little bit of advanced scouting right you look up the stats so for for us you know for things like songs i go to like what were the top 100 songs of the year both this year and next year because a lot of albums came out this year had big hit singles that aren't released till next year sure that kind of thing and of course the movies is one of the easiest ones to scout because you can just go to the imdb and you say show me every movie that came out from january 1st to december 31st of a given year and it'll show them to you and then you can filter it alphabetically by by popularity by dollars like there's all the different filters right built right in there like the internet does all the homework for you and then you know you you get the sense of which ones you think you want to pick when i did the movie one this week i was shocked at how many movies from 1987 that i i have seen and that i remember seeing in the theater and normally when we do these lists so on the imdb it shows you 50 movies per page on these lists okay and you know, usually you and I pick six movies that fall somewhere in the top 10. Like five of our movies are usually in the top 10 with maybe one outlier somewhere between 11 and 20. But it's rare that we, we either of us usually picks a movie farther down the list than that. Because a movie usually that are the biggest movies tend to make the most money or have the highest popularity. And when you filter the lists by those criteria, you know, it, it does the scouting for us. When I was doing the scouting today, I'm writing down the list of movies. I'm on the I'm on page one. I'm between one and 50 and I'm writing them down. I'm writing down, writing down. And then I'm like, well, just for fun, let's go to the next page between 51 and 100. I must have wrote down about six more movies. I was like, wow, I cannot believe the quality. Well, OK, I'm going to put this in quote quality movie, the quality of movies that came out in 87 or at least the memorable factor of the mm -hmm. movies that came out from 87 like because believe me there's a lot of crappy movies on there but i've oh, sure. seen a lot of them and a lot of them have staying power they are constantly on reruns on cable or used to be or still are in many cases like i was quite surprised and i thought if if i had to put together a checklist of the number of movies from 1987 that i've watched it's probably longer than any other year that I've been alive. I, I I fully believe that. And let me tell you, the, the top 10 are like big movies. Everybody knows. But by the time you start getting a little farther down the list, like some of the movies are not like super mainstream well-known, but people that were around in the 80s or that spent any time in video stores and be like, oh yeah, I remember that. Or, oh, I remember seeing the poster for that. It's just, I was really, really surprised at how how deep the bench was. And it's funny because a lot of the other years that we've done, there's usually like one movie that just stands above the pack. Yes. You know, like in 1984, you got Ghostbusters and like 1985, it's like Back to the Future. 1980 yep. has um, Empire Strikes Back. This year doesn't have that. I didn't. I think. agree. I it's, agree. Everything's I, I, just kind of close together and you got to kind of pick and choose. And yep. the thing, the thing with 87 for me, I was 17 years old at the time. I was really into pop culture, you know, at that time. I was into, you know... TV shows and movies and music. I mean, not like you, but uh, so this is going to be an interesting draft to do. And, you know, speaking of which, the last couple of drafts, you just been killing me on music. So I'm assuming that I'll just give that up. But I did want to point out that currently we've done nine years of the 80s. This is being our 10th year. And currently it's five to four for me. So if you win this draft tonight, yep. then you will have tied it up. I can't lose. I'd really like to be able to win. Obviously, that would be obviously. fantastic. But uh but like I say, the last couple ones that we've done, you've just you've just kind of wiped the floor with me, especially when it comes to music. I don't know, man. You always know music better than I do. I, I can see that to you. 
Like movies, I'm pretty good at. TV shows, I'm good at. M- music is not so much, but uh, it's really well, killed me the last couple drafts. I find when I draft the lists, the TV shows are always the easiest because there are usually not that many good ones. So that usually takes me about 10 minutes. The movie list, let's say anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. This this week was a little bit more, but most weeks I can get a list of 10 solid movies in 10 to 15 minutes of doing a little bit of homework. Mm. The songs, though, I find always require a little more homework because music, especially as you get later into the 80s and very much so into the 90s, it wasn't all falling into one specific genre or category. All the genres started to split as all of the various um, you know, socioeconomic groups started to have a platform to express themselves. And um, so you started to get more things like alternative and new wave and rap and grunge and all those things. So you can't just say, show me the top 100 songs of the year because it's not necessarily going to be reflective of all different aspects of popular music. And there was, I think one of the very first drafts, first or second draft, there was a couple of songs you pulled where I didn't even have them on my list and I was, I couldn't believe I missed them. So I I try to be a lot more thorough with the music. And yeah, this, this one again, probably took me a good 45 minutes to an hour to just really feel like I, I got into it and I found two or three sort of sleeper picks at the end that just Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't go like I had to really, I, you know, I remember a friend of mine saying, well, our mutual friend, Rob, he was saying that in his opinion of all the years of the 1980s, he felt 1987 was the best year for music because all the most important bands from the 80s put out albums that year. So I, mm. I did a lot more research this time around on the music and I was doing like searches of best songs from 87, best albums from 87, most important, most influential. Like I was using a lot more descriptors than I would normally. And I think it paid off. I think I got a couple little sleeper picks here that might have you know, fallen by your radar. So well, and you bring we'll, see, good, we'll see. Like you bring up a good point too. Like, like what was popular back in 1987, like what audiences all went to the movies to see and stuff doesn't necessarily hold up 40 years later. You know, yeah. now that we reflect back on it from a nostalgic point of view, we might like different movies, different songs and stuff that weren't popular at the time. Mm-hmm. And you got to take that into consideration because we have judged, like we didn't send this off to judges and they have to vote on it. You know? Yeah, exactly. So that's something to, to yeah. consider as well. So anyway, mm-hmm. we should start things off by doing a, uh, a coin flip. And I'll let you pick it, Derek, as always. Heads or tails? What do you call I'll it? go with what I go with every time, tails. Uh, and it's actually a loon, so that would be tails. So that means you will get to pick first. You get to kick things off with this uh, with this draft. And wh- where would you like to go first? Oh, the All other right. thing I should mention, just, yep. uh, just as a little bit of a ground rule. The movies that we pick obviously had to be released in 1987. TV shows are not TV shows that were popular in that year. These are TV shows that debuted in 1987. And the same thing with songs. The songs had to be on an album that debuted or was released in 1987. So like you said before, you know, a song might take a year before it becomes popular on the charts, but it had to have come out in 1987 to qualify for the draft. Because you know, we got to put parameters on it. So Yep. There, and believe me, there were a couple of songs that were like massive hits in 87 that were... Yep. that had been released earlier in the 80s and were re-released in 1987. Yep. There was a couple that I actually had on my list, and when I double-checked, I'm like, ooh, no, that one doesn't count. I had to cross them off. So so if I've got any like that on the list, call me out on it. Make sure mm-hmm. that I don't end up with uh, something that doesn't technically fit in the category. All right, so you won the coin right. clip, so where do you want to go first? 
Uh, well, I, I mean, I've learned from my mistake uh, of the first very first draft. Uh, you got to go with a movie in the first pick. Okay. So I'm going to do that. And this I, I think this might be a surprising pick. I don't think this would have been your number one. But if you if you had taken it out from under me, I would have been very disappointed. So I have to go with The Princess Bride. Oh, that would have been my first pick overall. OK, good. It always makes me feel good when it's like, yeah, I would have taken that. Okay. And the now thing was, just exactly going back to what I said before, like what was popular at the box office, that movie finished 35th at the box office. It only made $30 million. So it wasn't this huge hit, but it's been gone on to become one of the most beloved films of the 80s. So. And that was one of those ones when I did the search criterias that I punched in my various filters, it appeared on the second page of the search between 51 and 100. And I'm like, I'm picking this as my number one pick. Like, I couldn't believe it was that far down once you've put in those filters. So. Yeah, no, I would have went with that was my number one overall pick. Too. Nice. All right. Where are you going next? <sighs> so I guess I should probably take a movie as well. I've, I've really got to be careful here because like I say, you're just going to come back later and just kill me on music. So I got to be really careful what I do. I think I might surprise you with my pick as well. I want to. I, wanna, I don't think so. I know exactly where you're I want to have a nostalgic factor here. And and who doesn't love a good old fashioned 80s comedy? You know? Yep. So, and who did them better than Mel Brooks? Oh, you're not going with the Steve Gutenberg one? No. So I'm going to go with Spaceballs. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, Star Wars and Mel Brooks all rolled up into one. You know, it's. it. I think this is a movie that should fill your heart with nostalgia. I mean, I love Mel Brooks, he is a national treasure. You know, and and I love how in this movie he consulted with George Lucas before he made Spaceballs, you know, basically to get Lucas's blessing, you know, before yep. before he did this parody. And the only request Lucas had was that Lone Star not be dressed like Han Solo. So what did okay. Mel Brooks do? Dressed him like Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Mel Brooks is the best. I love yep. him. So yeah, I'll go with Spaceballs. As my movie from 1987. That was my number one and number two as well. Yeah. Princess Bride is baseballs. And I figured baseballs they had to be your so one and two yeah. probably in that order as well. It was. All right. Yeah. I'm going to jump over to TV shows because sure. honestly, I think this is the weakest link in this draft. Uh, mm -hmm. There were not a lot of strong shows, but there were a couple of uh, big ones. So I'm going to go with what I think is the biggest, the one that's had the most staying power. I'm going with Star Trek The Next Generation. I figured you would probably go with that one. I mean... I know how much that you like Star Trek The Next Generation, so I, and, I, and I had it on my list, but I'm like, oh, Derek is going to get this one for sure. Yeah. I, I didn't agree. think you would pick it as your first show, but there are not a lot of great ones on the list, so I thought if I end up with at least one stinker show, I need at least one big bona fide hit. I don't know what to do here. I feel like I need to do something really different because, I mean, I got to pull out all the stops. I really want to win this one, and I'm going to jump down to music. I'm just, oh, oof, I tell you, I almost went to music. I'm yeah. like, nope, TV shows. Okay, no, I'm going to go down to music, and, and because there was an album that came out in 1980, and like you, you mentioned, a lot of great albums came out here, but there was an album that came out on July the 21st, 1987. That I believe, for me anyway, it kind of changed music. I was a big metalhead when I was in 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 high school and stuff, and I've mentioned this before. But when this album came out, I was like, this is metal, but it's different it's like different than anything i'd ever heard in my life and that was appetite for destruction and i'm gonna go with sweet child of mine as my yep. song because even the like back then like metal songs had riffs like usually three chords and this song has like these high notes on this guitar that's tuned down half a step it's like what kind of an intro is this but it, it's become this like iconic you know thing from the 80s so i'm gonna go with sweet child of mine as a song. Yep. 
Honestly, I was going to go there before Star Trek, but I thought, uh, I was hoping you were going to follow me into TV shows and I'd get that one. But all right, that's going to change things for me a mm. tiny bit. In that case, uh, man, I want to jump back into TV because it's so weak. But mm. every time I focus too much on TV too early, I get killed in these drafts. So let me go back to my movie list and see what's there. Uh, if I take a second movie, then you're probably less likely to jump back in there. Um, let's go with, I'm going to go into movies. Okay. And I'm going to take, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic predator. Great pick. So I, I like that movie a lot. And especially if I think back to that time, like I said, I was 17 years old. What 17 year old kid doesn't like going to the movie theaters to see predator. It was like so cool. And it was science fiction. And it was kind of alien-ish, you know, in terms of because it's alien, but it was also like it takes place on Earth in the jungle. So it was like so different. So, oh, that, that's, a, that's a great pick. So, oh, and now you're worried that I no, I'm I think I think that I'll have to do the same thing. I think I've got to go back to movies and I'm going to go in a completely different direction. Oh, okay. whereas Predator is for like all those young guys, you know, that like that. I'm going to go to the other side. And I'm going to go with Dirty Dancing. Oh, yes. That was another one that appeared on the second page of the list I was filtering yeah. through. I mean, I mean, it was like, I mean, I remember I went to see that movie in the theater when it came out. I don't, I'm not really sure. I think I went on a date or something like that. But when I think back nostalgically on 1987, like that, that movie kind of jumps out to me. You know, basically, that's a that's a pun, I guess, because, you know, the, the, the scene in it where she jumps. But yeah. the movie really does kind of jump out at me as being a, like, kind of a nostalgic movie from 1987 so i think and i'm going with a totally crazy comedy as my first one i'm going to balance it off so yeah dirty dancing i'll go with that one it was a popular nice. movie back then too. it was very popular that I'm was just, honestly that was i was toying with picking that as my next movie so and i'm just trying to, to i want to just take a look here at the box office that year it was not all that popular at the box i mean it was but i mean it finished like 16th overall it made 51 mm-hmm. million dollars didn't make as much as some other movies but uh no, I don't know. I, I, I think, again, what audiences liked in 1987 versus nostalgically what we look back on from 87, I think, are two different things. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. So that's all right. I'm I got to bounce over to music then. I need a song yeah. okay. and I'm going to go with the number one song from 1987. I'm going with Faith by George Michael. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, I know that that is good. I mean, that was really but that was was that the number one song? Because I didn't think that was the most popular song. Well, again, according to the Billboard Top 100, that was number one. It might have been, I can't remember if it was the number one for 87 or 88, because I always put both oh, years yeah. up when I'm, it might have been the 1988 one. I, I want to say that Walk Like album. an Egyptian was the number one song of the year, but that came out the year before. That came out in like 86, yeah, yeah. So, so I definitely wanted, th- I wanted this, uh, I wanted this song, but I definitely wanted something off this album because it was a monster album and I wasn't sure if I was going to take Faith or I Want Your Sex, but I'm like, you know what? Faith is the name of the album. Yeah. Faith was a big hit. Faith is the one with the video with, you know, where it's uh, George Michael's butt yeah. in the tight pants. It's like, you know what? This is the iconic song. So I, I think, go I think I Want Your Sex was like the first single off there to really kind of change things up for him because remember he was coming off yeah. Wham. Yeah, right? exactly. And they wanted to change his image. But I think you're right that I think it was more than next year that Faith, the single, really took off. But it was definitely released this year. So, I, no, that, that's a good pick. Oh, what do I do here? What do I do? I'm going to go with TV shows and I'm going to go with Full House. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's where I was going next. All right. I mean, we we 
tend to think of Full House being more in the 90s, but I mean, it debuted in 87. It's an 80s show all the way. Yeah. And and it has a nostalgic factor to it, too, because it's now been released on Netflix. Not only the the original series, they came back and did one. Was it Fuller House or something like that? Yeah. It was like the next generation kind of deal. So I I think that it's got uh, a bit there. And I do definitely need a TV show. I had to go in there. So, yeah, I'll go with Full House. So I think that's a good one. All right. All right. I'm going to bounce back to music then because okay. you, you took my number one wow. music, but so I want to get my you're you're doing something that I did not anticipate because the last time you let music go to the end and then you just wiped my. Well, my, if my I had gotten Sweet whatever. Child of Mine, I would have, but I felt that was such a strong music pick that I need to get in there. So I'm going to go with one of my all time favorite songs as my second music pick, and that's Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard oh, from their great. Hysteria album. Yeah, I mean, what more can we say? I, I We talked about it on a bunch of different shows. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. Def Le- this album is one of my all-time favorite albums. I, I such I, a I good literally... follow-up to yeah. Pyromania. Like, just, oh, yeah. it was so good. Because you kind of think of them as being a, like, when they came out with Pyromania, like, oh, these guys are pretty good. But, I mean, and they got better with Hysteria. Yeah. And that song has really endured. Too. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I this when I first got that, I bought it on cassette, mm-hmm. and I listened to it so much, the cassette wore like basically it wore it out. It stretched it. I had to buy it a second time, but by then I had a CD player, so I bought it on CD. And then when I went to university one night at a party, we were having a party at my house, and someone stole a bunch of my CDs, including Hysteria. So I had to buy it again on DVD. So I've actually bought this album three times. So. Anyway, that's my that's my pick. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. At the time, it wasn't a huge hit on the charts. No, it was you know? not a number one. Not at People all. People are shocked to, to hear that. Yeah, like Love Bites, I think, was their only number one off of this album. But uh... All right. I'm going to go down to music as well, my friend. And <clears throat> I've mentioned this song on the podcast before. Although it was originally written and recorded in 1982, this song was re-recorded, completely remastered and recorded in 1987. And that was for the White Snake album, White Snake, which was released on March the 23rd of 1987. That's Here I Go Again. So I'm going with that one. It was uh-huh. we did a we did a show with um I want to see it was when we did it with Michael Govier, rock songs okay. of the eighties. And that is like my favorite rock song of the eighties. So I definitely have to go with it here. So this is one of those ones, like remember I said there were some that were on the list that I'm like, ooh, I wasn't sure if they qualified. This was one of those ones I'm like they released it earlier. I didn't realize it had been re-recorded. I thought it was just a re-release. No. Now, honestly, Come, I wasn't. If you, I if you listen to the one from '82, it's quite different. It's quite okay. different. They added in keyboards. They added much more heavy guitar. It is a completely different song. It was totally re-recorded. All right. Uh, I I have what I like to think of as a Silver Bullet song. That's an iconic song from '87. That is not from a huge artist, but mm-hmm. is like you know just one of those one-hit wonder kind of songs that when you see it, you're like. Oh yeah, of course. This is this is 1987, and I I can't risk you jumping in there and taking it because mm-hmm. I think you've done very well in the music picks so far, and oh. uh, I I want it, I need it, and I'm taking it. I'm going with Luca by Suzanne Vega. Oh wow! As my third and final music pick. So interestingly, I did not have that one listed. I wasn't sure, uh, but again, I know that in the past sometimes I've grabbed mm-hmm. a song at the end, and you're like, "Oh, if I had known." Yeah, I know. You but know. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of big artists have songs from this year, so it's like there's a lot of good picks. Michael Jackson had song, Prince has song, U2 has songs, Aerosmith had song, Heart, uh, like even George Harrison of the Beatles. Like there are a ton of good songs, but I, I really felt that the song "Luca" by Suzanne Vega is just people hear it and it's just bang. That's a song from '87, and uh, it's the nostalgia factor, and uh, so I, I absolutely want it on my list. So mm, I'm, I, I feel like I need to go back to movies. 
but I don't know what I want to take here. I don't know which way I want to go. And I really want to play to the judges here. Because there's a movie that I don't really like all that much, but I think it would like kind of pop. If I, I have a couple there. like that on my list, too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, I don't really want this, but I know it's a good pick. I'm going to go with Good Morning Vietnam. Nice. All right. That I don't is... really like that movie all that much, but I do think that it has recog- recognition factor to it that if people see it, like, yeah, that's 1987. So I'm going to go with Good Morning Vietnam. Okay. It was critically acclaimed and it was huge yeah. at the box office. So, yep, that's right. Robin Williams so, nominated for an Oscar for that, yep, if I remember absolutely. correctly. Absolutely. He yep. was. Uh, so, my movies are now sewn up. So, you can just kind yep. of put movies on the back burner and kind of run yep. with it. So, nope. so where do you want to go? Fight over these crappy And your TV songs shows. your songs are wrapped up. So, yeah. now you can just go to TV shows. Yeah. So, right. uh, there's my, my list. I've got two good TV shows and then five crap TV shows. So, I got to get at least one of these two good ones. So, again, leaning on the nostalgia factor. I'm going to go with 21 Jump Street. That's a good one. And I mean, obviously it has nostalgia because they've, they read two movies. Yeah, they did it as a movie. So, I mean, they were, it was crappy, but they definitely did that. So, yeah, that makes sense. And really that kind of introduced Johnny Depp to the world. Oh, no, no, it didn't because he was in Nightmare um, on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street before that, right? The original. Okay. I got to go with TV shows here as well. I'm going to do something a little bit different here. I'm going to go with Saved by the Bell. It was originally released as Good Morning, Miss Bliss, and they changed the title, but it still had Mark Paul Gossler and Dustin Diamond and and the, the principal, Dennis Haskins, was in it, and so was Lark Voorhees. I always liked her. So Saved by the Bell got started in 1987, although I, 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 it's a bit of a risky pick because I think some people, when you think of that show, you think of the 90s, the early 90s, but uh, I'm going to go with Saved by the Bell. I did, honestly, I didn't even have it on my list, but... I might have picked it if I had seen it there. Well, I'm going to go with what I thought you were going to jump on for mm-hmm. my third and final TV pick, and I'm going with Married with Children. Yeah, and that's really was one of the top ones I had on there. But um, but I think for younger viewers, they're not going to be familiar with this. Fran- like this this show was a mm-hmm. big deal in the 80s and oh, 90s. Oh, it was huge. And, and it, launched, I think that, it launched Fox Network yeah. you know, when it came out. That and you know The Simpsons that came after it. So, no, it was definitely big. I think of it more in the 90s, too, but... You know, yeah. no, that's, a, that's a good pick. I think I'm going to also wrap up TV here. Yeah, and I need, I'm going to do something a little different. And you need a song on a TV show so we can sort of stay out of each other's way. Yeah, for these I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to I'm going to tap into my Canadiana here. Previous to this, there was a show called Kids of Degrassi Street, but it was completely unrelated to this show. And in 1987, they came out with Degrassi Junior High. This is the show that started it all. I mean, you know, there's been, then after this, there was Degrassi High and then Degrassi The Next Generation. But this is where it all started on this small Canadian TV show. Shot in Etobicoke, by the way, and based in the Queen and Broadview area, Toronto. But I'm going to go with Degrassi Junior High for my last TV show. I, I know at least one of our voters is a big Degrassi fan, so... You might get a little a uh, little bit of a bump out of that pick. Let's hope so. Let's hope yeah. so. But you do have Saved by the Bell and Degrassi, and I kind of think that that is sort of hitting the same audience twice. But mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, believe possibly. me, there are not a lot of great TV shows. My next TV show was uh, Unsolved Mysteries and uh, Wise Guy with Ken Wall. And I was like, oof, those are both a, tough A picks. different world came out that year, too. And uh, True. It was popular at the time, but it hasn't endured, I don't no. think. I don't think it has that nostalgic factor to it, so... I avoided it for that reason. Yeah. All right. Let me see. Where am I here? I need. You need a movie and I, I need, need a, a song and then we're both All going right. to our personal picks. 
All right, so what do I have? I have The Princess Bride and Predator. You yes. have Spaceballs, Dirty Dancing, and Good Morning Vietnam. Those are mm-hmm. strong picks. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sort of torn here. Let me just talk through this because you've taken your pick already. Yeah, yeah so, we can both talk about it. Honestly, Beverly Hills Cop 2 is one of my favorite movies from 1987. It but good. I, I think that I remember that more fondly than a lot of other people do. And I don't know how... How, like obviously Beverly Hills Cop 1 is an iconic film that everyone yeah. remembers it overshadows the sequel people yeah. remember part 2 as much so I don't know if that's as strong a pick now Lethal Weapon number 1 came out the first Lethal Weapon is fantastic but the Mel Gibson of it all sort of overshadows that pick a little bit as well do you know so what the top grossing film of 1987 was? Three Men and a Baby yes again yeah. going back to what audiences at the time loved and then nostalgically, yeah. you look back and go, mm, that movie was kind of crappy, you know? Um, and then we've got, like, there were some good dramas, like Moonstruck won some Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it wasn't my favorite movie. Broadcast News was a big critical hit. Wall Street was, a like, a critical hit. These are all, like, yeah. big dramas. But I'm like, I don't know. You know what? I think I'm going to I'm gonna really just lean into the nostalgia here. And I was going to save this for my personal pick. Wait, I get to pick my personal pick before you do, right? Uh, Maybe I yes, because I got to yeah. do a song. That's correct. So if I save that as my personal pick, I can take a movie and then that is my personal pick. True. Ooh, maybe I'll do that. Um, oh, man, that's really going to make it tougher then. Oh, no. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to take it now. My third and final movie is The Lost Boys. Oh, wow. Which is, uh, again, I'm not a big horror movie fan. And not that I would go No, you're horror, not. But, Vampire but movie. It has the two Corys. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 80s nostalgia all the way. And it's got um, Kiefer Sutherland in it. You know, he was great. Yeah. Was, yeah. I remember seeing it's that movie in the theater thing. when it came out. And it was it was quite good. And I think it does have some nostalgia to it as well. Yeah. So that, that's a good yeah. last movie pick. So now I've got to pick a, a song. You're going to pick a song. Oh, boy. I tell you, the one I want to take might overshadow. So what I want to do is I want to take, I've had the time of my life. Yeah, I have that on my list as well, and uh, I opted for Luca by Suzanne Vega. Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrens, obviously it's from Dirty Dancing. The problem is I have Dirty Dancing as my movie, and that's where I'm worried it's going to wipe things out. But I mean, that song, not only was it popular, like it's it's endured, people still love it today, and it yeah. won a bunch of awards. It won, it won the Academy Award for Best Song. It won the Golden Globe, it won a Grammy Award. Like... Oh, so I think I need to stay away from that one because I don't think that's going to help me all that much. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with um, a band that we've actually covered here on the podcast before, and that's U2. And they came up with mm-hmm. the Joshua Tree on yep. March the 9th of 1987. I'm going to go with With or Without You. Yep, that would have been my next pick. I was considering taking that as my personal pick as well. Um, no, that's And believe me, I love... U2 is one of my favorite bands. The Joshua Tree, I think, is one of the greatest albums ever put out. It's one of those ones. Remember we said earlier, all the big bands put out big albums in 1987. And many bands, it was their best album. And I still think that Joshua Tree was U2's best album. They put out great albums after. but And honestly, With or Without You was not even my personal favorite song off that album. But I think that was Mm -hmm. the biggest song off that album that most people would remember. I, I think I agree with you. I really liked Where the Streets Have No Name. It's just yeah, a great me too. That's song my off that album. Yeah. But I don't think it resonated with audiences the same way that With or Without You did. So a couple other ones I was thinking of, now that I can talk about it, now that we both picked. Yep. I was thinking about REM's It's the End of the World as We Know It. Yep. Because that was popular. And I couldn't, I, I was I was thinking about going with In Excess. But they had like three equally good songs off kick. 
because they had yeah. me get a night new sensation and devil inside i couldn't pick i had devil inside on my list on my short list mm-hmm. um so other songs that i was toying with that didn't mm-hmm. take was the michael jackson bad album came out i was going to yeah. take man in the mirror for michael jackson i, I couldn't decide Criminal between my bad favorite. and mr yeah man in the mirror and the mirror so. um and then the, the the dirty dancing song you already mentioned also um from the prince album sign of the times you got the look which is again one of my favorite prince songs so it's uh I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston was huge too that year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also thought of Ragdoll by Aerosmith. Yeah, I put Dude Looks Like a Lady by Aerosmith yeah. was on my uh, my Beds are burning. As well. I thought it was a Midnight Oil, yeah. And yeah. one that I kind of thought might have nostalgic value, but I don't know. Like for me, when I think of 1987, I always think of this song is Got My Mind Set on You. Yeah, George, George Harrison of Cloud Nine. Like, oh, like it's, there was there was a lot to pick from, but yeah. I, I'm happy with my picks. So okay, so it's over to your personal pick. You get to pick yeah, your first. really. And I again, this really can be a movie, know. it could be a yeah. TV show, it could be a song, whatever you want. So we've kind of re- talked all about all. Those I, I had I had every intention of taking the Lost Boys as my personal pick, and mm-hmm. uh, I just couldn't uh, I couldn't come up with that third movie to fill the slot. Um, so now I'm really sort of bouncing. Okay, well, I think it's safe to say it will not. I'm not taking Max Headroom, the TV show, as my personal pick. I'll tell you that. Um, it's, so it's got to be between a movie and a song. And we've just sort of talked about these songs. I'm just trying to think if any of these songs sort of, you know, are, are like speak to me personally. I was mm-hmm. toying with It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine by R.E.M. Because that song was a big song that was constantly played when I was at school. So whenever I hear that song, it always reminds me of going to university. But uh, even though it was from a few years earlier, I almost want to give you the personal pick just to see what you take. Okay, so let me look. What did I end up with movies? I ended up with The Princess Bride, The Lost Boys, and Predator. That's correct. Uh, Believe me, there's a couple of guilty pleasure movies on my list, but I'm like, "Mm, hmm. I feel like Luca might have been a weaker song. Maybe you might want to punch that up with a stronger song yeah i don't know that's i don't want to not that i want to give you any no no believe me and with the movies like really i sort of shot myself by taking the lost boys i should have taken something else and then put the lost boys in the personal pick no you know what i'm gonna just i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go with the rem song i think that was sort of my backup personal pick and you didn't take it so i the fact that it's still on the board i think i'm just gonna take that as my personal pick so let me just make a note here it's my 10th pick yeah so i mean obviously this is one of rem's big songs it's endured um and uh, it, it's played on it's been used in lots of movies and tv shows and commercials and all sorts of stuff and um you know it, it's one of those songs that when you're at least for me when i went to school in the early 90s it was in heavy rotation on everybody's playlist it was constantly being played and um you know it was it was the whole idea of of change right the the the, the idea that everyone was at school and you were you were becoming an adult you're on your own for the first time so i think a lot of students sort of saw it as almost like an anthem right it's the end of the world as we know it and uh so that that was at least how many of us sort of interpreted in the moment so yeah i think i'm gonna take that as my personal pick no, that's a great pick i mean it's a great song it's, it's a great song yeah my per my personal pick is going to be tough i got so many to pick from i tell you i just don't even know what to do here there are there's a lot of movies that i really love. i love ishtar from 1987. I saw that on the list. Yeah, it <laughs> made me laugh. I love I was like, Ishtar. Mm. Like, and I know you hate that movie. And and I love it, you know. Um, another one I really liked that year, and again, it wasn't huge, was Eddie Murphy Raw. Remember? Like, oh, I didn't Deli- even see it on the list. Yeah, yeah that Delirious came out in like day. 84. And then in 87, he did Raw, which was like this concert film of him doing stand-up. And it was so good. Oh my God, I loved it. Another one I really liked was Amazon Women on the Moon. And 
Oh my God. I love that movie so much. And it was like a really like kind of little tiny movie. I also like No Way Out. I thought that was good. I thought Some Kind of Wonderful was another one that I really, really liked. But being Canadian, I just love John Candy. So I think for my personal pick, I got to go with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I, I've never seen it and it's on my PVR right now. I was planning to watch it in the next few weeks. So it's one of the it's the movie for me. I always liked John Candy. And as I mentioned before, the one thing I liked about John Candy was that he was funny, but he also had a real edge to him. But yeah. the one thing was that was the movie for me that made me realize that John Candy could make you laugh and could break your heart in the same scene. Yeah. And, you know, some of the best actors, I think, come out of comedy because comedy really is rooted in pain. And John Candy, I thought, was great in that film. And there were some funny scenes in it. And I'm like, there, especially like the, the one scene where uh, Steve Martin is like doing the scene with um, Edie McClurg and then he swears. <laughs> like, that's pretty funny. And, the, you know, those aren't pillows and all that. But that's I, the one I remember from the trailer. I think the scene, like if you can find it on YouTube or something, you go back. The scene at the end when John Candy comes into the house, it's like, oh, my gosh, this guy is just great like he will break your heart so yeah i think i'm gonna go with planes trains and automobiles so pretty good you want me to review i think that, uh, I think that pickle sit well with the judges yeah I think so having too, never seen it I, I couldn't take it i've never seen it so it's it's quite good um okay so uh my my list for my movies i went with space balls dirty dancing and good morning vietnam you went with the princess bride predator and the lost boys TV shows, I had Full House, Saved by the Bell, and Degrassi Junior High. And your TV shows were Star Trek, The Next Generation, no surprise there, and 21 Jump Street and Married with Children. And my songs were Sweet Child of Mine, Here Are We Go, or Here I Go Again, and With or Without You. And you had Faith, Pour Some Sugar on Me, and Luca. And then our personal picks, I went with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And you had It's the End of the World as We Know It, and I Feel Fine by R.E.M. Good. I, I think you got. I think you got this one, but I think uh, really? I think you Did snuck in and grabbed a few that I really wanted, and uh, it sort of just threw my picks off. Uh, oh, I, I usually so. count. You got the on, first uh, pick, so you. you said I usually, so. Yeah, when no, you I, took Princess Bride, I thought, oh my god, this draft is over. Like, yeah. oh man, because I wanted it, and it was like so low down the list in terms of a movie that it performed very poorly that year and stuff. So I thought, oh man, I'm done. You, you're like that was a smart pick because that's what I was going because for me. When I look at nostalgia and I think of 1987, Princess Bride is it. Yeah. So if I was a judge, I'd look at that and go, Princess Bride, oh, I might have to give my vote right there just based on that. But we'll see. We'll see how yeah. it goes. Well, I, I think, I think, I you, I think you beat me on the songs this time, which I normally I'm very confident with. I That's think very you, rare. your song picks beat mine, but <laughs> yeah. I like my movies and TV shows. I think those will those will hold up. But uh, yeah, you never know. We'll see. We'll see how it comes together. All right, so we will send this off uh, to our judges and we'll see what they say. But in the meantime, oh, it's still time to have some fun with Caveman. And so it's time once again to play a little game that I like to call... It's the worst singing ever. It's so bad.
bad. Okay. You're the one singing. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Okay. So I'm going to give you quotes from movies. Okay. I give you the quote. You just guess the movie it comes from. All the All right. quotes, movies from 1987. All right. Nice and simple. All right. These are easy, man. You ran, you ran. Yeah, you the, say like, that every time. And then there's always one or two where it's just like, I've never seen the movie. So I, I don't have any idea what the answer could be. Well, last week you did really, really, really good. On last week I did really well. Yeah. So I think you're going to do good again. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you the quote. You just name the movie. Just remember they're all from 1987. So I do Got it. All right. First one. Really easy. As you wish. The Princess Bride. All right. The next one. This is one of my favorite quotes of any movie of all time. I say it all the time on here. I ain't got time to bleed. Predator. Okay, here's one. I figure I kill your wife and you kill my mama. That's fair. Yeah, that was uh, throw mama from the train. Love that one. Okay, here's one. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? And the other guy says, end of an inning? Wow. Jeez, uh, I have no idea. It's from Good Morning Vietnam. It's oh. Bruno Kirby and Robin Williams in that scene. Okay, here's one. I'm too old for this. Oh, that's Lethal Weapon. It is. All right, here's one. Nobody puts baby in a corner. It would be Hellraiser. No, it's Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Oh, I knew that would be on there. Robocop. Who could beat a night of cards, chips, dips, and dorks? Uh, it's got to be a comedy. Was it Spaceballs? No, I'm sorry. It was Can't Buy Me Love. That was the little oh, brother yes. play, played by a very yes. young Seth Green. Remember, it's like right, right, cards, right, right. Chips, dips, and dorks. I love yeah. that. Line. All right, come on, you big overgrown goldfish, come to Jake. Wow, um, no idea. Mario Van Peebles said that in Jaws: The Revenge. Ah, uh, was oh. that the second Jaws or the third one? That was the fourth one. Fourth. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right, last one. <laughs> well, tell Bill I said have a coke and a smile and shut the f- up. Jello pudding eating. Sorry, I didn't catch that with all the bleeping, but I gotta guess that's from Raw. <laughs> it was Eddie Murphy doing Richard Pryor? That's you know, God, it was so funny. All right, so you did pretty good. Yeah, yeah. couple of trips in there. A couple, good. yeah, a couple I either didn't see or just hadn't seen in a long time. So. Okay, so we're going to be sending our lists off to our esteemed panel of judges. And then next time out, we'll reveal the winner of the 1987 Pop Culture Fantasy Draft. We'll see if we finish in a tie or if I can take you six to four overall for the decade. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Now, after every draft that we do, we each have to pick a movie from our draft year. So it's over to me to pick our first 1987 movie for us to review on our next episode. Oh, man, I really wanted to go with Amazon Women on the Moon, but it is not available to stream or even to rent anywhere. I looked. It's not. And I was thinking about Platoon. Platoon was a great yeah, It's film. also not available anywhere. We've Can't looked before. find it anywhere. I was thinking about RoboCop. No Way Out was a good one, too. But I think I'm going to settle on this movie, and it's Lethal Weapon. 
The first one. Yep. Okay. The first movie, Lethal Weapon, came out in 1987. Um, no matter what you think of Mel Gibson, and, you know, there's lots of reasons not to like that guy. Uh, but, you know, the first movie was quite good. I think. It was really good, yeah. And it's, I remember, I really liked it back in the day. I have not seen that movie in like 30 years or 35 years even. So I'm really looking forward to go back and watching it. And I thought it'd be interesting for us to do so. So watch Lethal Weapon and then we'll come back next time and uh, we'll review it. So you're up, you're up to the task. Yeah, well, we've watched Lethal, uh, Lethal Weapon does take place at Christmas. Uh, so from time to time, we watch it around Christmas. Oh, yeah, I don't think we've watched too. it in a couple of years, but yeah. I, I have watched it since the pandemic started. Let's just put it that way. But um, and I've probably seen this movie a dozen times. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to going back and rewatching it and uh, trying to pick out, uh, you know, little details and things maybe I didn't catch the first time. But it's. I remember being a pretty solid movie yeah. and uh, the whole Mel Gibson of it I all. I hope I'm going to like it. You know, going back to puts see a little gray cloud it. over yeah, it. But uh, but if you can just, you know, put that aside for two hours and, and watch the movie for what it was, uh, I, I think we're in, in for a bit of a treat. Now, next week, uh, you're actually going to be busy. What do you what do you what do you got on the go next week? Uh, well, I'm going to be a guest uh, a guest on a Cinema 9 podcast. Uh, our good friend Michael Govier uh, is one of the co-hosts of that show, and he's asked me to come back on. The last time I was on there, we did a movie review of um, Galaxy Quest. Uh, this nice. time around, we're going to review uh, The Truman Show, starring Jim Carrey. Wow. And good. part of the shtick with the Cinema 9 guys is you watch an older movie, and then you ask, you know, does it hold up or not? And you debate whether or not it does, and... And and why or why not? Now, this was a pretty big movie, and they tend to they tend to review smaller films uh, because it gives you more to discuss with the whole did it hold up or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, Truman Show was a pretty big success, so I, I think we're probably going to agree that it holds up for the most part. But honestly, I haven't watched it in fifteen to twenty years, and like this movie came out in the late '90s, so I'm sure there's going to be some things that we're going to have to pick apart a little bit before we we land on whether or not it still holds up, but. I'm just looking forward to, to being on the show with those guys, having a good time. Uh, I listen to their uh, podcast just about every week, uh, especially if I've seen the movie. And, um, yeah, I'll be on there next week. So I will not be participating in our show next week. So we'll throw up a greatest hits and we'll yep. come back in two weeks. Well, you'll have to make sure and say hi to those guys for me, especially Michael, Michael Govier. He's a, he's a great friend of mine. So make sure you say hi to them. But until next time. This is Chris McBride on behalf of myself and Derek Myers saying thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World. You can contact Chris and Derek at popgoesyourworld.com. Please take a minute and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. 